0: Today's message is called The Blessing of Staying Peaceful. The Blessing of Staying Peaceful. I believe it's possible to be peaceful even when everything else is going crazy. Amen. Externally, all sorts of things can be going on, but internally, you can be absolutely peaceful. Amen. Let us read from Jeremiah 17. That's the reference I'm going to use for today's message. Jeremiah 17, In it? Simple. I've shared it over the last few weeks. Many of you would maybe know this. Maybe it's new for some. But let me give you some background just briefly, quickly. Is Jeremiah was a young guy, a prophet. He was used by God profoundly at a very difficult time in his nation. It was a, a time where it was political instability, economic pressure, Um, there was all sorts of crazy things going on. Lots of noises and people were desperate to find the right voice. And God takes this young guy and the kind of conversation is a little bit like this. God says, I want to use you. And he's like, me? Not me. (laughs) And he's like, no, no, I'm going to use you. I want to use you and before you were born, I knew you and I'm gonna anoint you and I'm gonna put my words on your lips and you're gonna speak for me in this generation." And he's like trying to talk himself out of it. He's like, not me, not me. I'm not good enough. I haven't been to Hillsong Bible College. I haven't studied theology. I haven't even read the book of Ephesians yet because it hasn't been written. Thank you for the one laugh. Guarantee I'm gonna get one over here. But he's, he's having this, why am I doing this? Because how many of us talk ourselves out when God's trying to talk us in? You're already qualified for peace. It's yours. It belongs to you. Amen. How many times do you fight for something that's yours? Would you let anyone take your phone? <laughs> you belong to God, not your phone. However, I do know why we hold on to our phones. <laughs> There's a lot of details in there. The phone looks like you. <laughs> the point I'm making is Jeremiah was in a profound moment of his life where God was saying, Hey, this is what I'm going to do in you, and I want to speak through you. And he spoke his God's intentions into a generation that were troubled, anxious, and worried, they were displaced. They were filled with all sorts of concerns about their own well-being, about the family, their children, their future. And God chose to speak through Jeremiah profoundly about God's intentions for this generation. I believe that's exactly what you and I are in right now. We've stepped into a, a decade of disruption. And I'm not trying to be a doomsayer. I'm just trying to say that we've stepped into a decade of disruption, meaning it's begun. It doesn't mean it's over. I believe disruption is a part of this time frame that we're in, but we've got to learn to see it the right way and I go, God, thank you that you chose me. You chose us, chose us as a people to be alive at this time. In other words, begin to see it the way God sees it. He could have put us at any time in history, but he put us, I'm the kind of guy that always wants to live when Rome was first century. I wanna see the Colosseum as it really was. You know, I'm that kind of guy who loves history and I love ancient history or a Greek or Roman history. I love it. I'm always thinking, you know, where would I? Would I, would I, would I be a part of the Spartans? Yes. But the point I'm making is, what well, the point I'm making is, is that we have been chosen by God at this time. And, and, and sometimes we're in this moment, but we sometimes want to be in the old world or we even probably too in the future. But God says, no, I want you to be here in the now. Peace is not just about the past. Peace is not just about the future. Peace is something you can have now. It's not just a future context. It's not peace when you get to heaven. You can have peace now. And so I believe it's important that we read this Scripture because Jeremiah got to speak into a very difficult situation. And this is what it says for us. This is what I believe we can hold on to when it comes to our own context today. This is where it says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord and who have confidence, who have made Him their hope and confidence. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord have made Him their hope and confidence. For them, it was Yahweh. For us today, the revelation of Jesus, the Messiah. And this is what He says. He gives them a picture. Now, I love pictures. Anyone else give us a wave? If you're a picture person, visual, visual, visual. You look at Pinterest before you look at anything else. Or it's in your top three. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a visual person, I love pictures. I wish my school teachers would have known this about me, but. But the point is, God is always giving us pictures. And this is what He does to them, He says, they are like trees replanted in Eden, which speaks of original intentions, along a riverbank with roots that reached out into water. Such trees are not anxious by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So Jeremiah's giving God's people a picture of what it can look like when we choose to look to Him. The rain is coming. Don't we sing a song called It's Raining? But I love this picture because it's a picture of a tree that is sustained, stable, nourished. Its leaves are green. Now listen, we might be sitting here going, well, I wish my, gro- my leaves were green. They're a bit brown right now. I don't know if you've ever had a plant from Ikea and taken it home and watered it, overwatered it, killed it, I don't know what you've done, but plants sometimes get brown leaves. I know what to do when my leaves go brown. I call Constantine, Constantine, these leaves have turned brown, help. And I used to think he was a gardener who knew everything. He just Googles it and then sends me the answer. I'm like, I could have done that myself. This is not about you getting your brown leaves green yourself. This is about what the Lord can do in your life if you're letting Would you let God bring supernatural peace into your life. Whatever's going on right now, whatever the challenges, whatever the frustrations or the disappointments, we've got to learn to know how to allow the peace of God to rule and reign in our lives in the midst of craziness. And it's possible because God's Word is filled with wisdom in this context. Such trees are not anxious by the heat. You know, it's very easy to be anxious. I think anxiousness is something that all human beings have a capacity to experience. I think sometimes we have higher anxiety moments than others, but when you lose sight of the future, it's very easy to be anxious. And I believe God wants to speak into this moment in our own story, your story, that you don't have to live every week, every moment anxious. And the key is not to remove yourself from all the troubles. God doesn't remove us from all the troubles. He has this wisdom where He says, I'm gonna put you at this time in history, though it is full of challenges, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. We can be this tree, not because of our own energy and our own effort. It's not a body position that brings this peace. I believe in putting your body in a better place that it helps you. I understand mobility is a blessing to all of us, amen. Can you touch your toes? If you can't, come talk to me afterwards and I'll help you. But the point I'm making is it's not about bringing peace through what you do, it's about the Prince of Peace. It's a person and you can have Him in your life every day, every second, every moment. This is not about your ability to to turn your leaves green. This is about the relationship you can have with Jesus. Planted people often are more peaceful people. When you get planted in the things of God, get planted in His house, planted in His presence, planted in the wisdom of God, it's amazing how your roots can go down into Him and into all that He gets to. But again, our relationship's just not with Him. Our relationship with is with each other. You get to work your relationship with Jesus out with each other, amen. Good to know Jesus, but listen, you'll learn more about Jesus through what He does in your friends and through each other than just looking at Jesus. One of the examples is bringing speakers to our church. We haven't really done that in the last two years because of the pandemic, but I'm saying this, everyone who comes up tonight, we've got three different amazing speakers tonight, amen. And and what I'm saying to you is, is, you will learn about this incredible richness of Jesus through all the diversity and uniqueness of all of us. You'll never get Jesus just from me. You'll get Jesus through you. You'll get Je- because Jesus cannot be contained in just one person. I'm not saying that I've got the fullness of Jesus in my life. I am. The Bible says that. But what I'm saying is we'll learn more about his amazingness, not just what he does in us, but also what he does in each other. That's why it's, it's a relationship with God and a relationship with each other. Amen. I pray we understand that but planted people tend to be way more peaceful than people who are not planted. The definition of peaceful is to be free from disturbance, tranquil, calm, restful, pleasant. My wife's favorite word, quiet, still, relaxed. A Few years ago, well many years ago, when Joyce and I got married, We went on honeymoon uh, to the island of Crete. And so obviously we flew from the UK and we were on our way to the island of Crete. And when we got to the airport, we arrived. um, Most like most people, the luggage comes out and the luggage didn't turn up. Not just for us, for everyone. (laughs) And so I've never seen... A peaceful moment turned into an hysterical moment in so such a quick time. And when people arrived on their holidays, you know, like, and this is people from the UK, you know, like, they want their bag, they want their shorts, they want their sun lotion, they want their hat, you know, they want... And, 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 and so the luggage didn't turn up, so that was it. It was chaos. And back then it was like you booked your holiday through an agent and the agent was supposed to meet you, put on your bus and take you to your hotel. And so it was that kind of deal. And so uh, it was a blessing from my mum and dad. They bought us a honeymoon package. So anyway, we turned up and luggage did not arrive. And everyone was like, <sighs> and the poor lady had to come out from the, you know, the travel agent. Hello, everyone. My name is, and I'm here too. And your luggage hasn't arrived. She became friend, public enemy number one. And, and, and I remember this big Dutch guy. He was huge, blocking out the sun. I mean, he was on her and no one else could get near her. He's like, I want my luggage now. His voice was booming, you know. And, uh, and I remember the chaos, just chaos. Me and Joyce just stood there at the back and we got on the bus eventually anyway and, and it stops at all the hotels. So you get off and you go to your hotel and, Some people booked different, you know, everyone who was getting off earlier were like, why didn't I book that hotel? It was like Hotel Envy. Ever had food envy? (laughs) Well, this was Hotel Envy. It was like, they stopped, got in this hotel, everyone's gone. And then husband and wives are like, why didn't you book that one? Why didn't you book that one? It was like, it was just such an experience. I mean, Netflix might make a film. But what I'm trying to say is that on this bus, this Dutch guy and his wife were in front of us and he looked behind and he was like, everyone had calmed down a little bit and he just looked at us and he says, you guys are all, you know, a bit calm and peaceful. And we just looked him oh. and we said, we're on our honeymoon. <laughs> what do we need luggage for? <laughs> I thought I'd explain that because the first service I didn't. But the point I'm saying is, you can be peaceful with God. I believe that you can be calm when the storms are raging. I believe you can be still even if the news is negative. I believe you can still be hopeful even if everything looks against you. Even if the visa's been denied, you can still find yourself calm because of Jesus. Amen. You don't download this stuff from an app and you look at your phone and go, oh, 97% anxiousness, 3% peace. You get more anxious by looking at these things. Peace doesn't come from an app, it comes from a person. My prayer today is that you will meet the person of peace, amen, and His name is Jesus. The definition of peace biblically is, it comes from a Hebrew word called shalom. And shalom speaks of wholeness, completeness, soundness, nothing missing, nothing broken. And Jesus says, I give you shalom. Wholeness, that's the peace that can rule and reign in your heart. That's why when everything's going wrong and you still kind of stay together, but one of the ways you can find out how to be peaceful, what's the evidence? Is there any tangibilities? Is there any indicator that I can say, you know what, I am peaceful? Yes, you can. One of the ways is your capacity to resist anxiety. If you've got a capacity to resist anxiety, it is a good indication that the peace of God is in your life. But if you're giving yourself in and finding anxiety is raising, it's because maybe the peace of God is just being pushed to the back. Make a decision, you know what, when you face a temptation to give in to anxiety or to let it grow in your life, just get back to what God has promised you, amen. I speak peace in Jesus' name. You have to take authority sometimes because the enemy would love to steal your peace. He would love the storm to get inside. When a ship goes on the ocean, it's not the water in the ocean that sinks ships. It's not even the water that gets into the ship that sinks a ship, because all ships are designed to take some water. It's the neglect. It's the, it's the internals that somehow sink ships. All research that shows you when does a vessel go down in the ocean that it was designed to sail upon, it's when there's neglect. It's when we abandon the maker, the designer, the creator of the ship. Don't let the water sink the ship and don't let neglect take you down. No one designed ships to sit in a harbour. We designed ships to cross the oceans. Predominantly, the prosperity of our world has come through sea trade. So there's a strength in there. There's a metaphor in that for all of us, but all of it originally comes from God. He does not design us to sink. He designs us to, when Peter was in the boat and Jesus walked on the water, he said to me, and Jesus, is that you, is that you? He said, come. And Peter stepped out of the boat. He's the only one who did. And he stepped (laughs) out and he walked towards him. The only time he began to sink is when he got his eyes off Jesus and he started to look at the waves and the storm. Can I ask all of you today, don't give in to the temptation of the size of the waves, the size of the storms. The only time you're allowed to look at the size of the wave if you're a surfer. I know not many of us are surfers in this room, so. Keep your eyes on Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. So here's some things that you can take hold of today. And again, what is Sunday all about? It's not about hearing it. It's about applying it. And I can't do that for you. My prayer is today that you'll hear this and you say, you know what? I am gonna run with that. I'm gonna get that into my life, amen. So the first thing about God's peace, God's shalom is it's a gift. Like all gifts, like all God gifts, they're amazing. Would you say yes to the gift? I'm not a brilliant person at receiving gifts. I mean, I like them, but some people like surprises. I don't like surprises. I got a surprise for you. What is it? I'm not telling you. Oh, anyone else like that? You don't have to put your hand up. But, I, I, but for me, I do see the power of a gift. And I see over the years, my, my kids, Isaac and Leela, how they've prepared presents for mum and for me. And uh, I just had my birthday last week and I got some gifts, amen? And I saw how the team and the staff put together a beautiful gift. and, and, And what I'm saying about this is God works so diligently over the gifts that He has for each and every one of us. Think about how you, some of you, you just love to give gifts. I think some of us love, I mean, there's a beautiful girl right in front of us right now called Amelia, and she is the gift giver of all gifts. I mean, she will... If she had her way, everyone in this room is getting a gift today. She just loves to give people gifts. But what I'm trying to say to you is you watch Melia hover over a gift. Not how she hovers over it, but how she prepares it, how she buys it, how she... she, Is anyone like this when you go to a shop and you say, Oh, I think she would like that. Oh, I think they would like that. Are you like me where I think I would like that? (laughs) I know guilty, guilty, guilty. Pray for me. But God's peace, shalom, is a gift. And this is what John 14 says. I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you. Jesus speaking to the followers. Your friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I have told you. I am leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. Shalom. I I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned, lonely. So don't let your heart be anxious or troubled. So God's shalom is a gift. Don't leave today without that gift. Say yes to the gift, amen. And if you have the gift, keep hold of it, honor it, love it, value it, thank God for it. Number two, God's peace can help you stay healthy. Amen. Who wants to be healthy? You don't realize how good health is until you lose it. (laughs) And in this season where many of us have been challenged with our health, uh, not just physical health, but emotional health, um, we realize that health is a blessing. Proverbs 14 verse 30 says this, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Often people get sick because their anxiety Anxiety won't lead you to wellness. Anxiety will, and and some people say, well, anxiety has a voice and it's trying to say, get back to health. And I don't argue with that. I don't argue that our body pain and all of these things are another way of communicating. I I get all of that. God is amazing at creating things in our world and even in our body to say, hey, it's talking to you, listen. But at the end of the day, God doesn't use anxiety to get you back. He doesn't use pain to get you back. He doesn't use disaster to get you back. He doesn't use ugly things to get you back. God's not like that. So you have to have a healthy understanding of who God is. He doesn't use mess to get you back to Him. What He says is, I'm there when it's messy. I'm there when it's amazing. I'm there when it's great. I'm there when it's raining. I'm there when nobody sees you. I'm there when everybody's hurt you. I'm there when they've rejected you. I'm there when you got the job. I'm there when the baby's born. I'm there when you didn't see what you wanted to see. God is there in all of it. But don't get this sick theology that God uses a pain to get us back. Though our bodies can talk to us. got to understand a peaceful heart leads to health. Amen. And so I hope you understand the difference there. I believe that's what God wants. It says jealousy is like a cancer in the bones. It's not good to be jealous. Stop looking at what God's doing on someone else's life and just get a revelation of what God wants to do in your life. Amen. God just seems to be so good to her. He wants to be good to you. Amen. Well, praise God, you got the job. I wish you'd get me a job, Lord. He can, He will. Number three, God's peace will lead you. God's shalom will lead you. Psalm 23, I love this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. It's God's intention that His peace, shalom, lead you to quiet waters. It can be raging out there, but it doesn't have to be raging in here. Amen. Number four here, I love this one. God's peace will make a distinction. Exodus chapter 11, Then a loud wail will rise throughout the land of Egypt. A wail like no one has heard before or will ever hear again. But amongst the Israelites, it will be... So peaceful that not even a dog will bark. Then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. I love this because there's a clear distinction here. And if you don't know the background story, obviously God's people were living in, uh, in captivity. They were slaves and And and, and obviously there's a lot of contention around this and some people argue that they weren't. But the point is, is that God used Moses to liberate his people, to take them to a promised land. And so there was something going on here. There was a fight. There was a tension. And I, I believe that the tension and the fight's real because, see, the enemy doesn't want you and I to go with God. He wants us to be so busy with the noise, so busy with the distractions, so busy with everything else that we lose focus on Jesus and His purpose. And there is a promised land. His name is Jesus. And the enemy doesn't want you. So what happened is, what happened is the land of Egypt who were the nation at the time, those, you know, the civilized, There were a nation, the the dominant nation at the time. And what happened is there was this thing going on where something happened where they literally lost something precious to them, their children. And what happened is there was this tension between those who didn't have a relationship with God. and, and, And basically it caused a lot of pain, a lot of anger in people. And then in this situation, God's people, it says that they slept peacefully. Not even a dog was barking in their home. Now I love this because again, I believe it's possible even today for you and I, aware of the trauma or aware of the chaos in our world and yet I'm peaceful and you shouldn't feel guilty if everyone's freaking out and you're okay. Like the honeymoon story, you know, everyone was freaked out because for them it was, how dare you not get my luggage here? You know, you've inconvenienced my holiday. And me and Joyce were like, We're okay because we didn't need much. You know what I'm trying to say? And I want you to understand, it's not about feeling guilty because you're peaceful. You just know that you can't help people if you're a mess yourself. Something about letting God work in you so He can work through you. A few years ago in London, Joyce and I were part of Hillsong London before we came here, seven years. And many of you wouldn't be aware of, obviously, acts of terrorism around our world. Well, we were in London at the time when the bombings were there. And in our church, uh, uh, most of the people, 70% if not more, were working in central London. Finances, uh, in the banking industry, the finance sector, and a lot of our church, young people under the age of 30, uh, you know, mid 30s, were in this particular field. And so when that news went off, I remember it was around eight o'clock in the morning, we all tried to use our phones to contact people and the network shut down and it was starting to become so real and then by 11 o'clock, we were able for some reason to kind of through the network and the community to at least get hold of at least 70 to 80% of our church and say, are you okay? And one particular girl that was working in Baker Street, I think, uh, central London, she was surrounded by a whole lot of fearful people. And somehow through when the networks were working and somehow through somehow uh, messaging systems that were functioning, her friends looked around and said, who are you? because she got so many point people who were messages saying, are you okay, are you okay? And it was just speaking about being connected. And what I'm trying to say to you is that we learn again, just even though the world can be chaotic at the time, you don't have to be overwhelmed by what's going on. Again, the illustration of the ship, it's not the water. Because boats are designed to go through the water, on the water, sail across the oceans. It's not even the water that gets in the ship necessarily. In other words, I want you to understand that no matter what's going on, God's shalom can keep our heads above the waves. And I pray that that's what's resonating today because it's not that we don't worry. It's not that we don't get anxious. We do. It's just we know what to do about it. My prayer is that you will do something about it. Amen. Here's another one for you. God's peace can help us see the future. Second Peter chapter 3, we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth as He promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. And so dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives. You have a future, but you don't have to be stressed about how it's gonna unfold. I don't know how God's gonna do it, but I know He can. I don't know how God's going to open that door, but I know He can. I don't know how He's going to connect me to the people I need to be connected to. Oh, I could try LinkedIn. Yes, go ahead. You can try seeing LinkedIn and all the networks out there, but you can do all of that and still not get where you need to be. Why don't you at least try, let God, amen? His network is always better than any other network that comes up, amen? But let God open doors that no one can open for you. And I really pray that you understand that because it takes peace to see that happen. God's shalom can and will help you to see the future. Right now, what future do you see? Well, let God's peace reassure you. With Him, amen, it can be possible. Number six, God's peace can bring confidence. Romans chapter five, therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight, by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand secure and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. I honestly believe when the peace of God is there, the confidence will be there. And it's not an arrogant confidence, egotistical confidence. Look at me. It's not like that. It's a confidence, a quiet confidence my God. Amen. My prayer is it's not just hearing it. Can you live it? Can you get a hold of it? Can you actually apply it to your lives? And the last one I want to leave with you today is God's peace will help you to guard your heart. Your heart is the compass of your life. If your heart's good, your life's going to be good. The biggest fight is always for your heart. Whatever's got your heart has got your life. That's why God wants your heart. I know sometimes we get irritated when someone says to us, how's your heart? We don't like that. It's like such an irritating comment. Like, don't ask me that again. Okay, well, how can I ask about how your heart, what's the other way I can say that? How are you? (laughs) That's a bit better. That's a bit better. We'll work with that one. But why do we get so funny about when someone talks about our heart? because that's where all the trouble is. That's where the anxiety rules and reigns. And that's also where peace from our God can rule and reign also. So what do you want your heart full of? I believe it's a decision. I want my heart to be governed by the Prince of Peace. And I believe it is a decision that you can make to make choices, not excuses. We all have to navigate our hearts, amen? Thick skin, soft heart. That's how Joyce and I have stayed in ministry so long, amen? Thick skin, soft heart. It's not in the Bible, but I could try and find a verse close. Amen. But your heart's got to be soft because that's how God speaks to you. And thick skin means you're going to do life with people who let you down. People are going to take shots at you. People are going to disappoint you. People are going to say unkind things about you. But you've got to understand, keep your heart open to God. Amen. Why? Because when your heart's open, He can speak to you. Amen. So let your heart be healed. Don't have an orphan's heart. No one can get close. It's hard to pass to people with an orphan heart. It really is. But God doesn't call us orphans. He calls us sons and daughters. Amen. So let's let the ministry of peace, the ministry of shalom, really bring restoration to our hearts in Jesus' name. This is what it says, Philippians chapter 4. Don't worry about everything. anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done then you will experience God's shalom, which exceeds anything we can understand on a human level. His peace, shalom, will guard our hearts and minds as we live in Christ. Can anyone say amen?